This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Blake Monroe and I'm joined by CJ Vogel. And we're going to be talking a little portal talk, give you the portal rundown here. And CJ, a lot of portal activity obviously going on for the Longhorns, both incoming, outgoing, and still going, I guess you could say. And let's start with the outgoing first. I'm going to bring up this list that you created. And we'll just kind of take them, you know, as, as we go here. But as you can see, quite a few portal exits for the Longhorns, um, defensive backs, especially. Let's start there with the defensive backs, and I'm going to give you, let you just kind of run those down and talk about, you know, the impact that they may or may not have had at Texas. Yeah, a lot of defensive backs, like you mentioned. I think you look down towards the bo- the bottom of the list with Keaton, or Keaton Crawford and Jaron Thompson, uh, two of the more familiar names on this list. Obviously, Jalen Catalan on this list as well. One of the prizes from the 2023 uh, portal edition cycles for Texas. A lot of production, a lot of experience. Uh, you see the 20 starts down at the bottom for Jaron Thompson. Uh, Keaton Crawford had five as well. But Texas, towards the end of the season, really started to rotate a little bit more with Michael Taft and obviously Derek Williams as well. Texas didn't necessarily have the luxury of having Jalen Catalan on the field healthy for the final four or five weeks of the season as well. So it's not like his departure was one towards the end that Texas felt a whole lot about. So you start looking at where does Texas go from here? Well, to replace this, we've obviously talked a lot in depth about the five defensive backs that Texas is bringing in in the 2024 cycle, as well as Andrew Makuba, who we'll touch on a little bit later. But that's really where Texas is starting to hit on where they felt they needed to uh, really take an improvement on in their roster in terms of athleticism, getting guys on the field with good ball skills. Texas didn't necessarily have a lot of production turnover-wise from this group. Uh, You talk about the interception Keaton Crawford had against Oklahoma State. That was his only interception of the season. Only interception of his career. So uh, Jaron Thompson had a big interception against Alabama. Uh, Only three this past season. Only four for his career, if my numbers are right. So it's something that Texas is going to have to address uh, moving forward as they head into the SEC. And I think they're doing a good job so far getting those replacements from the portal or from their 2024 recruiting class. Definitely. So, but let me ask you, were you surprised? at any of those entries, um, you know, especially maybe the likes of Catalan, you know, were you surprised by that or any of the others? I, I think the Catalan portal entry was a bit surprising, but towards the end of the year when you didn't see him back on the field when he was healthy, I think it kind of became a, a telltale sign that, you know, he might not be as happy or pleased with his role now that he was back 
so what he anticipated was 100%. So it, it was more unfortunate that he didn't necessarily live up to what I think a lot of fans expected him to be coming from Arkansas uh, to Texas. He was a guy that, you know, there's a lot of expectations and hope for. We just didn't necessarily see it on the field. Yeah, definitely. So I'm going to bring this list back up here and we'll go to some of the other ones. Wide receiver, of course, Casey Kane, Isaiah Nayor. A lot of, you know, a lot, a lot of people thought Nayor was going to be the next big thing. Obviously, he got injured that first year here at Texas and then, you know, didn't see him really I, this past season. And Casey Kane, I mean, he had his ups and downs. Uh, you, you got three career starts here, but talk about them and their departures and maybe the impact or I guess you could even say lack thereof uh, during their time at Texas. Yeah, Casey Kane's three starts might be a bit misleading because early on in his time at Texas, he was much more impactful than those three starts might insist. So uh, I, I would actually say credit to Casey Kane for being able to carve out a role that he had early on during his time in Texas. I know it was a bit rocky. There were some roller coaster moments there, but you know, I actually thought he was pretty serviceable at times. Someone, I think UNLV is actually going to get a pretty uh, complete player with Casey Kane, great locker room guys, teammates flock to him uh, very often in the locker room setting. So uh, I, I I have to say he's probably the bigger loss than Isaiah Nayor simply because we never saw him. You know, the injury derailed what you would have expected to be a pretty uh, impactful and, you know, a, a career full of contributions at Texas following what we saw at Wyoming. He, he just unfortunately was never healthy, fell into the doghouse a little bit during his recovery uh, and rehabilitation stint. So unfortunate there, but Texas, you talk about the, 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 the production and experience leaving the receiving room. Well, that's more so going to the NFL. And I think that's encouraging moving forward that Texas can now point to the three guys moving on to the NFL and saying, yeah, we develop, we produce NFL talent at the wide receiver spot, come be a part of it. And it's certainly working so far with Matthew Golden and Isaiah Bond. Yeah, for sure. Well, the other the other two that I, I don't think were too surprising really was at the quarterback position, CJ. And, and you know, I mean, there's just no way that Texas was going to be able to keep all three in the fold four if you want to count Charles Wright. And that's no slight to him. But I mean, with with Malik Murphy leaving, to me, it was blatantly obvious that it was going to happen. Would you agree? Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, you talk about Quinn Ewers, the, the conversation and, and kind of noise surrounding him coming back for uh, his third year as a starting quarterback at Texas. That's when things really started to be uh, evident and, and, and more, you know, apparent that Malik Murphy would be moving on to find a new home in 2024. It, it was no surprise. It was one of the worst kept secrets about, about this Texas team. Malik wanted to start. He needs to start. He needs to get out there and get good tape on the film or, uh, you know, about himself on the field, because th that's ultimately what gets you drafted is, you know, not how well you can hold a clipboard, but what you do on the field. And so for Malik, it made all the sense in the world. Arch Manning is not going to be on this list. Uh, I hate to say it for folks who are not Texas fans that were hope hoping to see that the former five-star quarterback's name uh, enter the portal. As long as Steve Sarkeesian is the head coach at the University of Texas, Arch Manning will be a Texas Longhorn. Uh, that's been something that has been echoed for to me for for seemingly his entire time as a college athlete. Queen Ewers coming back for another year does not change the fact that Arch Manning will be a Texas Longhorn. So we will not be seeing his name on the portal export list, uh, one that Texas fans will be very excited to hear about. 
<laughs> for sure. And, you know, I think the other thing is we haven't seen Quinn Ewers play a full season yet where he hasn't been not injured. So at any given time, it, it could be Arch's time. You just never know. Absolutely. And that's kind of the big part that we hope to see from Quinn Ewers from year two as a starter, year three, is getting that body right. So, you know, one big hit on a scramble doesn't sideline him for two and a half weeks. That's that's very important. Also, you got to be able to QB sneak in the NFL. Quinn Ewers at a buck ninety right now is not not being able to do that. Kind of takes a page out of uh, the offense playbook. <laughs> for sure. All right. Well, the only other offensive player that we haven't touched on is, uh, is Sawyer Gorham Welch. Of course, he ended up at Coastal Carolina. Never really had a big impact at Texas, so I can't say it's surprising. But we'll have to see what he can do there at Coastal Carolina for sure. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Yeah, no, great team player came in as a defensive lineman, moved over to the offensive line when numbers got tight a little bit. Uh, great locker room guy, another guy who I, I think Texas players were a little upset and sad to see go just because of what he brought inside the room at Moncrief, inside the facility. So uh, best of luck to him at Coastal Carolina. That's a great landing spot, a spot that Coastal is competitive very often in that conference, and you know hopefully he's able to contribute early and often. Well, the only other two that we have yet to talk about is on the defensive line. You got Chris Ross, who obviously his time was kind of over before it really began for Texas. And then Trill Carter, who came to Texas as a transfer from Minnesota and is leaving Texas as a transfer, now going to Auburn. Were you surprised? I mean, obviously Texas had, you know, phenomenal talent on the interior of the D-line. But were you surprised that we didn't see more of Trill Carter? Of course, I know a little injury setback too, but there were some high hopes for him coming in. Yeah, you know, I, I think when you talk about Byron Murphy and Tavondre Sweat and how impactful they were, the production speaks for itself. They were tremendous the entire time that they were on campus, especially this past year. When, you know, Tavondre Sweat goes on the run to win the Outland, Byron Murphy's in, you know, year or round one, round two mock drafts. Uh, there's a reason for that. They were very good. Uh, Trill Carter, I thought, was turning into a very solid rotational piece. I thought he got off to a little bit of a slow start, but toward the back end of the season, he was pretty impactful with his time on the field. I was actually surprised he didn't in the portal because during uh, prep for 2024, his name kept coming up in terms of, you know, guys that were going to take that leap at the line, defensive line position. So a little bit of a of a downer there. He's probably the biggest loss out of the portal in my eyes in terms of what you would have expected and hoped for for 2024. Uh, but for Chris Ross, another guy 
just never seemingly put everything together. I thought that there were times early on in the year, especially against Alabama, where he was on the field and made some pretty, uh, you know, encouraging plays, some impact that I thought uh, projected well for his time on campus. Obviously, bangs up the elbow, never fully recovers, and as a result is on to the portal. So best of luck to the two of them. But Texas will be moving on to what I hope is uh, the import list coming up here and you know, a, a name or two that could be added on the defensive line out of the portal this spring. That's right. So we've talked about the past. Let's talk about the future, CJ, and I'll bring that list right up. And we'll start, we'll start with the defensive prospects. First, let's talk about Andrew Makuba, the defensive back out of Clemson. 31 career starts. I mean, that experience alone is invaluable as can be. But what kind of impact do you think he will have moving forward at Texas? Man, this was a big get for Texas. It's probably a recruitment that they should have won out of high school, if I'm being completely <laughs> honest. But whatever. You know, he's going to be a Texas Longhorn this, this upcoming season. Uh, freshman All-American back in 2021. A very impactful player. 31 career starts. He's a guy that Texas can move around. They're going to have versatility as a result of not only Makuba joining the secondary, but uh, Jade Barron returning to the secondary. So two guys that you know can play that nickel spot, two guys that you know can move back deep and range the center field of that defense. I love him as a free safety. Uh, he has a, a history as well playing near the line of scrimmage in the box as well, but I think you're going to see uh, a, a true Andrew Makuba back deep here uh, you know, ranging the side of uh, the Texas secondary. So I love Andrew Makuba, what he brings to the field. He reads defense or offenses very well, route schemes, route concepts, everything along, along the lines of that. And very similarly to with Jade Barron, around the football all the time. You know, he he's, you know, got a knack for making plays by the ball. Uh, if the ball's in his vicinity, he's making a play on it. That's kind of defensive back that I like. And I hope that Texas is continuing to breed more of with these uh, – 2024, you know, class of freshmen coming in. The other incoming defender, of course, Trey Moore, a very coveted defensive lineman, 14 sacks, 45 tackles, one forced fumble, one fumble recovery this past season for the Roadrunners and Texas fans, high hopes for this guy coming in. What kind of impact do you think he will make for this Longhorns team, especially as they head to the SEC next season? At the very worst, he's a rotational guy taking about 30 or 40 snaps. And when you compare that to who Texas is already, you know, in, employing right now on that uh, defensive end spot, that's encouraging because the drop-off that we saw from Burke and Sorrell this past year was noticeable. There wasn't always that continual presence on the edges when the two of them were off the field. Texas should not have that issue in 2024 with Moore and obviously Colin Simmons coming into the fold 14 sacks, 17 and a half sacks this past season at UT say while missing a game and a half is crazy. That's crazy production. I think that was the second most sacks in the entire country for a defensive end. That's the kind of, you know, difference maker that Texas is hoping to add to this defense off the edge. And when you kind of talk about that rotation, that continual production and efficiency on the edges should not drop off at all. Very encouraging uh, as Texas goes into the SEC where you'll start seeing, you know, NFL caliber offensive tackles week in and week out. This is exactly what Texas needs on the defensive uh, edge spot. Well, let's switch over to the other side of the football. We'll start with Matthew Golden here up at the top. 
out of Houston, 17 career starts. And, you know, I think he had, what, 38 receptions, 404 yards, six touchdowns as a receiver. But where he's most dangerous is special teams, it seems like. Kickoff return. Man, that kid can fly. There is no doubt about it. But before we get to his impact on special teams, what does he bring to the table as a receiver? And do you think we'll see him as a starter for the Longhorns in fall? I do think we'll see him as a starter. He's a very well-rounded wide receiver. Uh, you talk about what Texas has at the wide receiver position now. It's a lot of guys who fit a similar mold from one another, but don't necessarily give off you know any hints about their usage. You know, you can use them in a plenty uh, in, in a plethora amount of ways. There's all sorts of, of ways to get them the ball, whether it be quick screens, whether it be jet sweeps, whether it be down the field, stretching the field vertically. That's how Texas is going to be able to use a Jonte Cook, a Matthew Golden, and an Isaiah Bond. Uh, Golden brings you know great athleticism. This was a guy in high school who uh, was you know in that 10-5, 10-6 range, has great speed, great down the field ability to burst, can change direction tremendously as well. He can jump through the gym. Texas should know about him. Two touchdowns and 88 yards receiving against the Longhorns this past season in Houston. So his impact can be felt in a number of ways. And as you mentioned, the special teams aspect of it, tremendous. I mean, that's something that Texas made, uh, uh, you know, kind of their bread and butter of, you know, turning offense was through special teams with big returns, uh, obviously in the punt game with Xavier Worthy this past season as well. Matthew Golden fits that mold and is someone who has already, you know, a pretty lengthy amount of highlight real plays from return game alone. Yeah, averaged nearly 36 yards per return, I believe, over his career at Houston. So not too shabby, not too shabby at all, man. Well, the other one that you have on the list, DJ, is the new shiny toy for the Longhorns, fresh out of Alabama, 15 career starts, and it's Bond, Isaiah Bond. And what does he bring to the table? What can fans expect to see from Isaiah this upcoming season? This is going to be a guy that moves around the offense a lot. You know, you talk about how the versatility of these guys is going to be on the display from their skill set. For Isaiah Bond, where you line up, where you line him up at will not matter. He lined up at 58% of his snaps at Alabama in the slot. The other 40% about, you know, out wide. I don't think he ever lined up in the secondary or in the backfield, excuse me. But there were some times where Texas used that with Xavier Worthy this past season. Expect that to be the case with Isaiah Bond in 2024. He can be a guy that you just throw all over the map and say, go be impactful, and he will. A true 10-5, 10-4 speed kind of guy. Uh, a guy who's looking to be on the uh, in college for just one more year. He's going to be hearing his name called pretty early in the NFL draft as a result of his ability to get down the field and stretch the field vertically with his speed. Texas is getting an impact guy, another starter that you are expecting from the portal at the wide receiver position to go along with Matthew Golden and Jonte Cook, at least in my eyes right now. Those are the three starters that you will see on the field week one for the Texas Longhorns. But uh, the speed is certainly something that will, you know, be at, you know, use for Steve Sarkeesian. His ability to separate from DBs has been uh, on display his entire time at Alabama. And now you get him in the Texas uh, offense with Quinn Ewers back there at quarterback. Going to be exciting with these three moving into next season. 
Well, the crazy thing is Texas may not even be done yet. <laughs> you know, I mean, obviously all four of those guys, very, very high quality portal ads, but they still have their sights set on a couple or a handful, actually. And we'll talk about a few of those options. Obviously, they're, you know, evaluating, still seeing what's in the portal. And with all these coaching changes, no telling who else could end up in the portal. But, you know, we just got done talking about Alabama. Let's talk about Alabama's Kendrick Blackshire. He originally out of Duncanville High School, 6'2", 233-pound defender. Do you see him more as a depth piece? Do you think he could be a starter at linebacker? You know, what do you think would happen if Texas did get him into the fold? I certainly see him as a depth piece. You know, this is a guy who, uh, dating back to his high school days in Duncanville, you weren't necessarily sure how well he would be uh, able to cover in space. You know, in the, the passing game, I think, you know, going to the SEC was the right move for him because at the time it wasn't necessarily the high-flying, high-powered offenses that you see through the air so often in the in the Big 12. With Blackshear, his, his strength is coming downhill. It's fitting run holes. It's, uh, you know, diagnosing the plays in front of him and making runs towards the line of scrimmage, similar to what we see from David Benda. And that's not to say David Benda's, you know, weak spot is in strength. It's just that he is more comfortable with what is in front of him rather than what is behind him, where routes are coming from. Uh, I think teams kind of poked on him a little bit at times whenever he was on the field, but he certainly took the steps in the right direction that you hope to see as guys get more familiar with their time on the field. Kendrick Blackshear is more of that kind of mold in my eyes. What's going to be interesting with him is, you know, how often will he be on the field with a guy like David Bendover returning already? I see the fits very similar with one another. I think they'll be interchangeable at times, uh, depending on obviously situation, time remaining, you know, uh, down and distance, everything along the lines of that. But a tremendous depth piece, a guy that will contribute on special teams as well, and someone that will be right behind David Benda in, in that Texas uh, middle of the, of the uh, front seven. Well, you know, we, the last two people we've talked about from Alabama, we're going to talk about a third Alabama player, and that, that's tight end Amari Nyblack. Uh, Texas obviously needs a tight end in the portal. I mean, that's, you know, one of the things you got to think they're just looking for the most. They've gone over a few options, but Nyblack, one of the newer names in the portal, and I'm going to bring up his stats here. Uh, you know, and Alabama fans really thinking he was going to have a breakout year next season. But in 2023, 20 receptions, 327 yards for an average of 16.4. He had four touchdowns. How do you see him fitting into a Steve Sarkeesian offense? Those numbers don't necessarily jump off off the page whenever you look at them at face value. You know, 20 receptions, 327 yards, four touchdowns. It's good. It's not great. Then you watch the film and you say, okay, I see why Alabama fans and coaching staff had such high hopes for him because the athleticism is very encouraging for a guy of his size. About 6'4", uh, 235, 240 pounds, can run very well. You know, he's a guy that can stretch the field vertically. And that's something that jumped off the page for me going into kind of the, the deeper numbers, deeper statistics there. His average distance of target was about 16 and a half yards down the field. And that lines up with, you know, his average reception. So this is someone that can stretch the field vertically. He only had a long of 39 yards this past year, meaning he was able to garner a lot of 20-yard, 30-yard receptions that really created chunk plays for the Alabama offense. And that's encouraging to me when you talk about a Jatavian Sanders replacement. Someone that can get down uh, on the, the the deep crossers, the boomerang routes, uh, something that you can you know kind of pick apart 
uh, the deep part of the opposing secondaries and linebacking core. That's what Amari Nyblak can do uh, at the tight end spot and is someone that Texas will greatly be appreciative if, if he is able to uh, join this, this offense and kind of create you know, a, a duplicate Jatavian Sanders next year. I, th- I think every Longhorn fan would be happy if that was the case. <laughs> there, there's no Absolutely. doubt about it. <laughs> All right. Well, last but not least, and just fresh off of a Texas visit, is Silas Bolden, the Oregon State wide receiver. And here you see this past season, 54 receptions, 746 yards, five touchdowns. I was watching some film on this guy yesterday. I mean, he's definitely a playmaker that they use in a lot of different ways, you know, whether it was just simply handing him the football or, you know, passing and and on special teams, he even had some big impacts, but a lot of Texas fans have asked, would he take that Keelan Robinson type role with the departure of Robinson this season? Where do you see number one, Bolden fitting in and two, what are Texas chances here with Bolden? Coming out of the visit, Texas received, you know, tremendous reviews from Silas Bolden. As he told other outlets, it sounded like Texas was the team to beat for his recruitment. Where does he fit in the offense? That's something that I've pondered with a little bit because I think he provides a little bit more to the offense than what we saw out of Keelan Robinson. Uh, Silas Bolden significantly smaller in stature than Keelan Robinson as well. Keelan was about 5'11", probably 190. I thought he actually bulked up a little bit towards the end of his career. Silas Bolden's in that 5'8". 170 175 range so doesn't necessarily have the build and he's not necessarily a guy that you can put in the backfield too often as a result he's going to be a true slot guy he's going to be someone that you see uh you know kind of maneuvering through the the backfield with you know motions orbit motions jet motions whatever it is he's going to be someone that Sarkeesian looks to use his speed and and pre-snap ability to create mismatches as a result of his, uh, you know, change of direction, speed, and, and, and uh, acceleration and burst. So that's interesting. I think uh, above everything else, when you get him the ball in space, good things happen. And you saw the, the rushing attempts there. He averaged about nine, uh, 10 yards per, per rush on 20 attempts over the last two seasons as well. So anytime that you get him the ball in space and allow him to kind of finagle and use his speed and, and you know, Ability to change direction, good things happen there. So I'm excited to see just how creative Sarkeesian gets with them. Uh, It's something that you can never have enough speed and never enough playmakers in your offense. I'm sure that there will be a pretty unique role for him if he does end up joining the Texas offense. And then, CJ, I have one last question for you. And this has been asked a lot by Texas fans, especially after the addition of Bond and Golden. And then, of course, as you said, uh, you know, with Silas Bolden. But you take those three guys. You take this young wide receiver court, John Tay Cook, you know, Moore, those guys, for example. How do you see all that coming together next season? And, you know, is how I guess what I'm asking is how do the pieces of the puzzle fit together (laughs) to, to bring the whole picture in play? Yeah, so so we know Sarkeesian doesn't like to rotate a whole lot at the wide receiver spot. That's been a hot topic as of late. Right now, Texas is replacing that experience that they're that they're losing with Jordan Winnington, Xavier Worthy, and A.D. Mitchell with more experience. And I think that's very encouraging because it bridges the gap with the youngsters to get acclimated to the speed of the game and obviously get some reps and practice under their belt before it's finally time to throw them into the fire. So that's encouraging to me. I'm you know, really eager to see just how positionless it gets with the three guys that we mentioned earlier. You can throw Bolden into that mix as well. But with Bond, Cook, Golden, 
and Bol- and Bolden, sorry, Golden Bolden just threw me off a little bit. That would be a little <laughs> bit of an issue moving forward. But the four of them, you can really plug and play them throughout you know, all three positions on the offense. Will Texas go to more 10 personnel? Will you see uh, 11 personnel stick and have three receivers on the field at a time? That's something that Sarkeesian will have the luxury of doing. Oh, yeah, and we haven't even mentioned the five-star Ryan Wingo coming in as a true freshman. <laughs> he was one true. of the best wide receivers that I saw in the All-American Bowl down in San Antonio. So the opportunities and, uh, you know, kind of tricks up Sarkeesian's sleeves are going to be limitless with this new group. And I thought he's done a tremendous job of getting guys with uh, high talent, high, you know, production to come in and, and bridge the gap into 2024 immediately. There shouldn't be a gap or a drop off in production or talent. And we're seeing it right now with what they're bringing in uh, for next season. Well, one thing's for sure, CJ, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch, a lot of fun and very interesting to me anyway on how he's going to make all that work. I can't wait to see it. I'm sure every Texas fan feels the same. Now we just have to wait. Yep. <laughs> now we play the waiting game. So Absolutely. Well, yeah, for sure. But other than that, we'll we'll keep you updated if there's any other portal prospects that come out there. With you know, as we mentioned at the beginning, all these coaching changes opens up these windows for these players to get to get out of these programs and more coaching change news on the way. I'm sure of it. So we'll have to see what happens. But be sure to hit that like and subscribe button. We would definitely appreciate it. Ring the bell so you're notified anytime we go live and have some breaking news. That way you don't miss out. And you're up to date on all things Texas Longhorns. And for CJ Vogel, I'm Blake Monroe, and we'll see you next time.